One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. A grain of rice, a, a grain of rice, is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. Come on, There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was the show. Our mission was the show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Well, how are you? Very <laughs> no, good. You. Yourself? Oh, yeah. Ben called them out. You can't beat it. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's the star, it's, it's it's the camp before the storm, or Dale, isn't it? Is it two o'clock or twelve o'clock that Morty's opening? Yeah. yeah, my daughter Orla there is after telling me that Shane Downs a made of horse, he plays for Kimmel. The four local clubs, Mark, if I just explain, are playing at home in the first round of the county league today. And no pub oh, open Jesus. within fifteen miles like. And uh, <laughs> Shane, Shane Downs texted this morning and said, Pity I said, I tried to get the Kimmel game switched to earlier. So they'd be there and get the seats like. Stress, stress, man. Well, you'll, like. you'll have you'll have to hold a few seats from lad. You know yourself now, those GA lads. I you can't haven't had a point in about man. twenty months. Are you serious? No, can't, can't. For every GA lad, even the away teams, they could call to me as well. Like, do you know what I mean? I, what can I do? Like, lads some Corfin and Cracklow, and can't tell them go away, TJ. Can you? No, tell No, customer's no. a customer, isn't it? That's it, TJ. Yeah, even though. The Cora Clare and the Kilmehill and the Shannon Gales lads, the Cool Mean lads, the Kilicer lads, they might have a chance of being here twice a week. Do you know that kind of way? Hold those for us for the Monday to Friday. If you're living in Cracklaw, you're not going to have them again for a while. Like. Do they have to sign in, Dale? Yeah, and you give the name and the number. Well, you give your name and you give the number to the local chipper or something like uh, I, so, uh, I think the names, the na- I don't know, uh, it doesn't seem to work, I don't know. Now. But uh, lads, uh, welcome along, uh, June Bank Holiday, delighted uh, to have you on board, thanks to Alliance for continued support. Welcome back to the, after a week off, well we quite a week off, but we thought we'd have, myself and Derek discussed it all, up in RTE, Derek, how are things? Ryan, how are you getting on? Not a bother. Three months off, Derek. Yeah, yeah, someone said the three reasons to be a teacher. Yeah, June, July, and August. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Larry, I Larry, know. record <laughs> that one. That's just a <laughs> I know, I'll give you the spiel about it being a vocation instead, Anthony. You know what I mean? And we love the kids, etc. But yeah, look, look. Great what about, break. what about a bit of bar work, Derek? How you think? Like, you'll be here, you'll be here in West Clare in about 2 20, 2 hours 20. Like. <laughs> No. 2.20, yeah, yeah. No, no, geez, I'm as clumsy now. I'm as clumsy in a bar as I am anywhere else, so I know it wouldn't be a big you, do the car, you can do the car park, Derek. Do the car park. You know I clean. <laughs> You're a teacher, Derek. <laughs> 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 okay, lads. Um, 
Oh, lads, the stress levels are through the roof. Like, there's no man for this. And then the nephew decides to get married yesterday. You know, down, down in the glamping site down in Lavashida. Just a quick plug for that, lads. Absolutely down on the mouth of the Shannon, looking across at Limerick, unfortunately. But class, absolute class, the glamping site down in Lavashida. Uh, if only Declan Casey's bar was open, but then we'd probably have wound up down there. So he's not open uh, for a month anyway. But uh, great wedding. Ronan and Nadja, uh, class day, really enjoyed it. Now, I have to say, everything was done in the pub before we left for the wedding mark. That's the way you do it, isn't it? Everything Brilliant. was done. <laughs> There's a panic attack going on. Some, some lad from Nuke, Pat O'Leary, if you listen to the podcast, you better get that glass washer here in the next two hours, kid. <laughs> and as we're recording, it's, it's 10 24, Pat. You have two hours to get that glass washer, or I'm going to ferry across to you. Anyway, a small detail there, lads. And we have him cash ready for him. Cash, TJ, like. Okay, okay, okay. I'll say Pat will be on. <laughs> Pat will be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll need One a couple of set of marigolds. Washing glasses all day long. Come... Yeah, absolutely. Well, now that, hands not... by. now that Derek's not available, you'll be perfect for that job for the whole day. Uh, I couldn't... My hands would be too big to put into the marigolds, Dela. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Oh, are, we, are you all vaccinated now, yeah? I got the first shot there two weeks ago, so I'm getting the next, the last one on the 22nd of June, so, yeah. Mark, did, they take, did they take you I, on? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I have the golden ticket. I'm looking at the golden ticket here in front of me, but I haven't got any text messages to come for the second Pfizer. But, uh, well, yeah. looking they, gave the first one. they gave you the Back first one? They gave you the first Yeah, we're all yeah. kind of qualified around the same, I said the same week, I said, did we? I was forced up. Look like they qualified. You probably look like you qualified before me now. To be fair. <laughs> what? what? Go on. Um, no, lads, we're we're all vaccinated, so to some extent. So, um, Derek, great to have you. Uh, De La Salle, Waterford. Jeez, there. I just started at the top. I I didn't mean to do things this way now, but uh, the notes are skimpy enough today. But sometimes that's the best way. As we know, geez, Derek, I, I didn't get to see the whole match with the wedding uh, yesterday, but I, I, I switched in around 10 minutes in. Waterford on fire, like double scores. I'm not saying what yeah, was wrong, but it was a great game, obviously. Yeah, they were flying. They really, like, I think you, you remarked in your article there on Saturday, Anthony, that we've been speaking. Like, the fact that a couple of things, I suppose, they weren't. The likelihood of meeting the champion probably be the tail end of the championship, you know. So, like, if they if they both advance, which you probably expect them to advance, but um, so I think they got, they both just went for it up there, you know. They really went for it, and the water started really well. Forwards flying, Shane Bennett created a brilliant goal for got a brilliant goal himself, created a brilliant goal for Jack Pendergast. They're really on top, double score, six points up into the end of the first quarter, and then just got caught with a couple of sucker blows. Against the breeze, or with, sorry, while they were with the breeze, and just got caught on the break, if you like. Um, by God, but look, good game overall. Watford would be happy with a lot, obviously. Just need to get that kind of defence kind of right, and that's going to be hard in the absence of Tiger. Like it's, it, I, I couldn't, I know it's probably over said, it couldn't describe how pivotal he has been to Watford in the last number of years. Just he's, he's just vital, you know what I mean? I, I think he's the best in the game at what he does, like, and and because he's able to mix and match the kind of. You know, minding the D with, with being able to kind of mark his man as well. He's, he's able to do it. You know what I mean? And look, look, it'll take Austin a bit of bedding in on that. And the debate will be open whether Austin should be forward or forward and near the day he should be centre-back or something. You know, that's that's the debate, I suppose. But look, 
was just reading Liam Cal this morning. He was just, you know, he, he, he obviously looking at how Clare played the weekend and he's just a little target for Clare there. He's just going to mention how much work they'd have to do ahead of the Clare game. So the kind of psychological warfare has begun in terms of the, you know, kind of building it down ahead of, of the Clare challenge, if you like. But I think there's lots of, lots of good for Warford to take out of the game. Yeah, and we 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 come back to it like because uh, I I didn't see it all. No, I have to admit, and then I didn't get back in time for the Sunday yeah. game. My, my research work now. There be a lot of listeners be giving out like, but uh, I didn't even get the examiner this morning. Now things are so hectic, with running up and down with classes and everything else on the bubble. Uh, look, I, I Radio One is a great outlet. I always say, like, because they've great old commentary at all the games, and you even if you miss a game, they're, they're brilliant. But we'll come back to that one because. That was probably the game of the round yesterday, but it was it was a great weekend and probably Saturday maybe had the best of it, um, lads. And you know, starting off with Belfast, Corrigan Park, what a what a story like overall for Darren Gleeson and Antrim. Yeah, uh, it was brilliant, uh, Anthony. I only saw the last fifteen or twenty minutes of it now, and um, the first thing that struck me were the mountains that were in the background, a fantastic backdrop at the game. And then the second thing was seeing the little man outside the uh, the railing and he jumping up and down like, you know. I thought he was like E.T., to be honest with it, <laughs> in the closet. But I, I, I was laughing when I see him ranting and raving outside the um, outside the rail. And I just said, never have to find a good spot for him now. But uh, what a result. And, and you know, Antrimus was got a couple of chances late in the game to equalise it in first place, the, the second chance. You may nail it, but it's a great result for Darren and great result for Antrim as well. And, you know, they'll take a huge amount from the league this year. I, mean, I suppose poor with me have struggled big time, but Antrim have got a couple of great results and great performances. So great credit to, to, to Darren Gleeson and his management team in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and TJ, like, obviously these games, we're still saying it's the league and because of the championship being so close, we're obviously saying, like, that everything's irrelevant well some counties are like they're just saying I'll be judged and that probably is the case in, uh, like the end of June the first weekend in July if you win your game be it Leinster or Munster you're going to be saying feck the league like it doesn't really matter like but but for an interim like for Darren Gleeson bringing them up into Division 1 be clear draw with Wexford give Kilkenny bags of it in Nolan Park some going like isn't it? yeah it's perfect and I'm sure Darren would have been delighted to be in the side of the league that he was on because there was a couple of games there they could really tap it, as opposed to a West Speed, which just on, on the outset appeared to be much more difficult where they were at. Um, there was a small touch of myself and Big Barry about Davy and uh, Darren there on the sidelines, yellow Darren stage. But um, I think I think the league is more or less what I certainly expected, and I think what you would expect when you plant five games in a six-week period. I think teams have been picking and choosing most, I think, squads have been in the high 20s or nearly 30 players being used. Uh, some teams have targeted certain games. They've looked at players in different positions. We've seen guys playing both the backs and the forwards. Um, so I think that everybody seems to be getting their in order. The league, has it been a massive success? It's disappointing for me, I said at the start, that there isn't a league final. We might have won it at time. Take some of the glass off it, right? Like, can you have the other side won now with a, with a game to spare? Um, but overall, I think you're right in what you're saying that I think in two or three or four weeks' time, we won't even remember these games. My, my opinion is I think teams are well prepared. I think they're all ready to go. I think they know they're top 20 now in a lot of cases, maybe except for Cork. We'll come back to that one. But I think in general, the managers have an awful lot of work done 
in terms of getting game time. And you might have, which we were not privy to, and I think Derek touched on it already, is like teams might have a week where they might have trained through a game or whatever. So they might have used the training block in that. So we won't really know that until it comes down to the first or second round of the championship. And that's what teams will be judged on, especially, I suppose, um, trying to win your first game, get a bit of momentum. So, yeah, I suppose it's serving a purpose. It's giving one game time. Definitely, Antrim, to answer your question, would be very happy. The profile for them, the results that they're getting, it's been a massive success. And you'd probably have to say at this stage, they're probably the story of the league. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the story of the league, you're right. Probably that and Kilkenny, I suppose, you know, like Kenny, just same old, same old, <laughs> turn it up. But Derek, from a Western point of view, I mean, that group looked a bit, not lopsided, but it looked easier, the two groups, mm. let's say, from a, a Wexford point of view, a Clare point of view. And for Clare, it wasn't that easy either. They've lost to Antrim and lost to Wexford now. They, they beat Dublin, which was a big result, obviously, both uh, Kilkenny. But from a Wexford point of view, we sat through the whole thing all day, yeah, last Sunday, like, and they were abysmal mm. against Kilkenny, Listen. But yeah. they did seem to be fired up and leave out Davey getting sent off and all that because he obviously he was fired up. And, and we know that's Davey at his best, like, but like they still couldn't get a result up there. Well, they, they got a result, but they couldn't get the win up there. Like, is it worrying from where their farm is at? I, I think it is. Like, but I suppose, look, yeah. if they come out and beat Leash and beat Kenny, sure, we'll obviously say, um, what's the league about? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be as worried now because I actually, you've made a point already. Even if you look back at the forks, the first free in the match that Rory O'Connor was fouled for, he was actually, you know, the fist pumping was out. He was, you know, they, they looked like the team were really up, to, up for it, even to the end, when Davey was in the stand and he was completely animated near the end. But sometimes if, just I know when a result wasn't going my way over the years and if you were sent to the stand, not that it ever was, you'd just be downbeat. You're not able to keep that, that kind of sustainable kind of aggression going up the stand. I, I, I actually think, a, the crowd that was at the game obviously added to the kind of fervour of, of, of the game. And I, I actually think that's my, my point to the fact that I thought there were signs that they were starting to hum a small bit in that game. They were starting to hum a little bit towards the form that they're, they're capable. I thought the pace of the game was good. And that's where the respect for Antrim is not alone. It's not this, you know, it's not this kind of patronising kind of, ah, look, they love their hurling up and they're very passionate about it. And, they, you know, the, the pockets of, of the area yeah. that they love it. But I think, I think there was quality in, to their play as well. And um, but I think I, I don't think Wexford would be as disappointed or as doomed over getting the draw up there. The hard thing, and I'm only again personalising, is that sometimes if I was involved in a result like that over the years, and I have been involved in plenty of them, and I know when you I think Anthony, when you were Dublin manager, you often talk about the match against Antrim where you kind of nearly mm. takes you three or four days to pick yourself up, even a week or a month yeah. after that. It's the it's the localised world then of, of Wexford or Waterford and how it it would kind of permeate its way to your thinking or your group, if you like. And that can, that can have a serious effect. But I don't think Wexford are... I think Davey is strong enough kind of to deal with that. And obviously, the fact he's not living in Wexford, he might have to encounter a, a lot of that stuff. He only probably tips down for the training, etc. But oh, I think Wexford will actually... I, I, I still fancy Wexford to get to, to overcome Leach. And I, I don't think the Kilkenny-Wexford game is as straightforward as people think as regards Kilkenny because the Kilkenny have basically railroaded through the league. I still have a... A fairly strong fancy that Wexford will produce against Kilkenny in a, in a Leinster semi-final and, and that'll be my thinking on it anyway. But. I think we'd all feel that well I certainly felt that I'd fancy Wexford to be in the Leinster final from that side of the draw like but I, you would be worried now they weren't good against Clare honestly mm. they weren't I was there that day and they came with a late surge once Clare got the men sent off mm. and 
they weren't good. They weren't good last Sunday anyway. We were looking at him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I, I just be no. I I do think Antrim have come on a ton. Like I mean, I, I think they're really playing well and up there as well. It'd be hard to beat, and and it'd be interesting to look at the Dublin game when we do championship previews. And that. I think that's a match that most people will feel now is no more than 50-50. Like I think it's down to be on Nevin as well. It's it's fair weird like yeah. then. Unless championship match in Nevin, like you know, so yeah, but like yeah. that, I think that's a great, that's a great team. Mark is the, you know, we we saw it on Saturday, like the crowd in in Corrigan Park, and I mean, I remember saying as we were doing the first game, Limerick and Tip a drawn match, twenty points each in the Gaelic grounds, and I remember saying to Henry, like we'll have no classics until the crowd come back, because yeah. imagine Limerick and Tip. And it come, Limerick come off behind, five points down, and the crowd roaring, railroading. Like, you saw a taste of it in Corrigan Park, where the locals were driving on their men. And I think it's so important to our games. We, we probably underestimated last year. We said, sure, they're all training. They're all, you know, treating the whole thing professionally, getting themselves right. And we still have great games. But the crowd has so much yeah. hard to play. Oh, the crowd. The crowd has a huge amount. And there's a, a good number of players... Has spoken that they get so much from the crowd as well themselves on the field of play, and what you know it rises them a couple of feet off the ground. A great score, or when a team is pressing to try and get a result, the crowd will try and get you over the line. And the crowd also does have a slight influence on the referee from time to time on a 50 50 decision, it might go your way based on what the crowd are actually sensing. But um, even the fact that there was only 500 people there over the weekend, there seemed to be a great ish, atmosphere there ish, as well. Ish, ish, man. Ish, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's... And I hope, like, I, I think the Cork-Limerick game in the Championship is one of the games that's down that there will be, like, you know, the 5,000 people are going to be allowed. And, I mean, I really hope that if you're vaccinated, Anthony, and you have got your two jabs and stuff for that, I would love to see the GA and the government moving towards, if a person is fully vaccinated, there should be no reason why they shouldn't be allowed to go into the games. I mean, if it means that they have to wear a face mask during the match, I, I, I think that a lot of people who are vaccinated would accept that as, as, a, as a minimum standard or a minimum requirement. But trying to put um, a number on it of 5,000 people in a 45,000 stadium or an 80,000 stadium, I think that's, that's unfair. I do believe that if, if people are vaccinated, they should be allowed to go in. But just going back to the to Wexford, like I I actually think the um, the whole COVID debacle has had an effect on the Wexford team, um, and I think it'll be shown up in the in, in the championship come yet. I don't think Wexford are a patch on what they were uh, two years ago. I think they have been in a down downward spiral. To be honest about it, and I know Davy has has. Been brilliant for getting teams up for for matches, but I actually I, I actually would be worried for Wexford now. Anthony, I don't think Lee will beat him, but I do think that Kilkenny will beat him when it comes to the Leinster semi final. Um, like Brian Cody's men gave him a fair lesson in Nolan Park, and I I think that I, down through the years I've seen a, a, a real genuineness out of Kilkenny that when there's a, a kind of a there was an awful lot of messing went on with that Wexford Clare game and how two Clare players got nominated as close contacts and no Wexford player. It just does not make sense. And I know now we want to just forget about it and move on, but I actually do think it resonates with the players in Wexford. And I do think locally in Wexford that, that the general public are in the players' ears 
And that's what actually affects teams, is that the general public are saying, Jesus, there's something wrong there, that's not right. And that, and no, and no matter how you try to stay away from it, I do think it actually gets to players at some stage. Yeah, there has been a wrongdoing here. It's not of our making, but we are in the press and we shouldn't be in the press. And, and there's no one wants that as amateur players. Yeah, I suppose that's what I, I was going to mention it today and I was supposed to moving on. But yeah, I, I, it is something, I suppose, that if you're listening to their work, if you're listening to what yes, your buddies yes. know, because you probably yep. know are turning up for club training. If you're a county player, even aren't you? you you're, you're showing your face, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know what I Derek, you, general, you, you have a bit, yeah. but Derek, you have a bit of a involvement <clears> with the Harriers, I suppose. Lee Chin would show his face whenever he could. Like, I'm, I'm doing a bit with Sarsfields, and in fairness to the likes of Joseph and Darren and those, they'd always stick their head in when they weren't training. So I suppose you'd, it's hard to avoid stuff. Yeah, he's there. I like, just on the chin when I, I, I'm. As I said, there's a management team in the Harriers, but I'm down there and I'm enjoying it. And, and he's there every night himself. Richie Young, Young Lawler, Richie Lawler is in the panel there. We haven't seen him yet this year. I think you will see him before the end of the year. But uh, yeah, he's there every night. And, and look, no more than any club you have in, in the club, particularly like, like the Harriers or any club, you have fellas at different levels and fellas of different walks of life and, and different ways, I suppose. So look, it's very hard to escape that the talk around the whole thing. People are mad for chat about it, people are mad for a bit of gossip but look, most inter-county players, you mentioned the last Sunday night about the code of honour that you'd expect to be kind of mm. you know, kind of, you know, linked between them, you know, most inter-county players are, are doing their best to keep you know, to keep kind of quiet on these things they want to really open up about it, it's, it's like when you meet your own club and Shane Mack or Kevin up in the club you're not inclined to ask them about yeah. what, what, who are you playing the weekend, who's playing, what position yeah. you're playing. and I know I'm not sure it's not an awkwardness, but it's kind of a yeah, it's more yeah. a respecting that you don't actually want to interfere is, yeah. the fact you've been involved before. You know, it's it's a it's hard really to kind of quantify that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I but, it, but 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 the well, general I, the general public don't think like that, you see, Derek. Yeah. And you're right yeah, yeah. what you're Certainly. saying. You're not yeah, you're yeah. not but the general public they don't give a shit, Derek. They just want to talk about what <laughs> what's going on, like you know what I mean. Yeah, you're right. You're and, right and like right. the the other the other fellas that ask the awkward questions, but you don't want to ask the, the awkward questions, you know. And like there are still so many questions not answered in that situation. And the big one for me, and I know now we're rumbling over all stuff, right? How the hell did two players become close contacts when the Wexford players travelled together, stayed in a hotel together, ate together, <laughs> were in huddles together? It makes no sense, Derek. And the general public are the people that will actually seep into your resolve. That look, and look, look, we'll, I, I'm going to finish on that, to be honest. Bit, you know? yeah, no, I, think, I think there's a massive championship for the moon. Like, I, th- I think his time mm. in Wexford, yeah, he has a Leinster title, but I do think this, this championship is huge for him. I don't think, by, from his own point of view, he will have been happy with the last two years. Certainly, the way things have gone. I think this is huge. Um, the four games they've played, they're averaging 11 points from play, which would be a little bit of a worry. They did start very well against Antrim. Um, you would have expected them getting the goals that they got early doors that they'd kick on and win that game. So for me, like you know Derek is saying, that there are some positives in there. Their game is still a little bit in there. It's a little bit long ballish now, like, which obviously is the right way to go. But I just think that they're kind of team that's... A little bit in no man's land. They're not playing as well as they should be. Championship is huge for them. I do agree. I think they'll beat Leash. I think that Kilkenny game is huge for Davy, and I think that, in, that for him, 
he would really, really need to get a result there. Get beat by Kilkenny, like, I think if he gets beat by Kilkenny and doesn't win further games in the championship, he's over and Wexford will be questionable. Yeah, it is like there's no sure. Look, it's a time circle. He's there as well. Like, he's there a good while. I know yeah. myself when you're you're there a good while. You just some years become Jesus. This is it. Like, and sure, look, he knows himself. I said, there's no. He's not trying Absolutely. to get away from that. Like, you know, uh, he knows himself that they're at a certain stage. They could have won the All-Ireland two years ago. We'll all acknowledge, I think. They were right there. Jesus, I, I actually thought they were going to be tip and they were going to, you know, if they were in the final with their well of support. But TJ, just to go back on the crowds, I would have felt over my playing time, no crowd had more of an influence over game. And I respect that Cork brought more than anybody to games. Do you know what I'm saying? Cork brought a crowd tourist that no one could match in terms of numbers, but I would have felt always that got in my head the most was the Limerick crowd. The Limerick passion and the Limerick noise was incredible. And, and for you watching games, going to games, I know you've been frustrated now with commentators not giving you yeah. the lineups and who's playing here and who's playing there, who's gone back sweeper, who's gone back. Like, I even put a quick text up on our thing yesterday watching the first half. Lads, where is Sean Loftus playing? Is he man marking <laughs> Aussie or what's the story? And we were all looking at it like um, we, we can't put, and especially the Irish would be hectic with a few of us now. Derek, I know how you are. You're good in English, kid. I know about the Irish. Like, <laughs> well, not too bad. I'm not too bad at the Irish. I'd be, I'd be... Yeah, but it is, it is something that TJ has raised it here, Derek. Like, the week, yeah. like, obviously, Adrian Toohey is named the wing forward. Sean Loftus is named the other wing forward. It's very hard watching on TV, isn't it? To, to know what actually. No, Leds. If anyone watched it back, Adrian Toohey's goal, the first goal, that brought Galway back into the game. Talk about selfless running through the middle. That middle runner, the ball is played wide. Uh, I think it was Desi Hutchinson, was it? The one possession had a chance and Toohey, or no, who, Conor Whelan, sorry, and he had a chance. But like he just steamed through the middle. No chance of getting that maybe, but the ball rebounded to him. And it, geez, slides, you're training teams, you're on about that third man runner was was a selfless run, but, but when I saw the Galway team, I said, "What is Shane? That's he or Shane O'Neill? Like they have a fair, obviously, pick with the two wing forwards, or possibly your two corner backs." Yeah, they've savage firepower. Um, it'd be very interesting to see what the top six forward are because there's so many options. The other one on that point, Dale, for me was Dahi Burke. Um, I was trying to make out at the start of the game, Dahi Burke playing at centre back with Gerard McInerney at full back, and then look at television and you get the line out where. You see the Dahi Burke is playing three, and then you're trying to figure out what the situation is there. So they're obviously they've taken took Padraig Manion out of centre back yesterday. They've played a couple of different backs, but to me, like Galway appear to have the strongest squad. No, I think that they have more players. I think they have a stronger than Limerick. Squad. Limerick. Than Limerick. I think, I think they do. They do. I think. On what I basis are you saying that? Like, oh, well, the Limerick I, fellas I, I, are two All Irelands, like. I just think that if Lim, like in terms of squads, right, um, like first fifteen, obviously is one question. I think that the front eight or nine that come down in Galway, there's going to be two or three really good players disappointed because they have such a firepower. Like yesterday, like is David Burke going to be playing in the middle of the field? You probably said he is, right? Evan Nyland didn't start. Joseph Cooney didn't start, right? Niall Burke didn't start. But right? TJ, but TJ, so, hold on a sec now. Why are the two cornerbacks playing wing forwards then, like? If they have the best well, because forwards, I, I I would imagine like in, in the in the modern game, Dale, as you well know, the wing forward role now, right, of basically 
probably been completely up and down, up and down, up and down, going back like you're back, basically doing thirty yard line to thirty yard line all day long, and in that mixture. So obviously there was a reason for us. He Shane probably looked at the Waterford way off that middle third, saying we're going to need a lot of effort and work ball carrying in here. That's why he picked those two. So like what I was saying about the league, it's fine. It's it's horses for courses. Finding out on a given day. If I decide to go with these two runners and ball carriers here, can they do a job for me? And yesterday proved that they can. Yeah, like he, we were slagging, obviously. We were always slagging about the fantasy hurling and second Larry is back on top on top this morning, so we won't give him much of a plug. Like, um, but the, 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 the race for the bottom is still very hot. But you would have said, like, <laughs> when he... When, <laughs> Hey, Larry, go away. He's at the back of the street there. The tip, small bit of needle now got to the top again. 904 points. 888 to Clarkessel Magpies. Uh, moved on. I'm just going to call out the clubs. Laura Dora, that's, that's Ken Hogan. De La Salle, that goes without questioning. My, young McGrath, ex-midfielder there, coming in. Uh, TJ, uh, you've come away from that zone, TJ, kind of. I came away from that zone. Newcastle yeah. I yeah, you've done, a, you've, done Sam Allardy- you've done a Sam Allardyce. Uh, yeah. Big yeah. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony well, Pulis. Nearly, nearly the highest scorer of the weekend, almost, like besides Larry, would be Han the Queen from Killad, the Green of Killad. 259 yeah. on, on the week. And it has moved him up the overall scoring uh, differences a nice bit. And we like everyone that's on this show to be actually not down competing with the very lowest on the whole fancy Ireland summit. <laughs> How, like, I mean, I'm delighted for you, but what, what's happening? Like? Uh, who's, yeah, who's your captain, Matt? I, ch- I went for Jason Ford over the weekend. I changed it. Uh, no, and that was... I had, but I had Tony Kelly as captain, and I switched over to Ford. Man. I know, I know, I know. And so that's, that's how the bouncer picked up, because he left Kelly as captain, but... David McInerney has been a killer for me all year long. Like, has he? He He came on. He right, came on okay, injury that, time. I'd expect him to line right. out next weekend, Matt. So I know, but four four matches, no score. Like, you know, I never, I never changed him out, which is a problem. And um, I, 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 Jonathan Tracy from Dublin and goal. He hasn't poked the ball. But I reckon a goal, he's not letting in six or seven goals. He's not too bad either. Like. It's a big help, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, if I, like, if I could catch Hoagie, I'd be quite happy now, to be honest with you, but it's a, it's a tall order. Hoagie, Hoagie, when you hear this letter on, have a word with Cody, will you? Get... <laughs> Leave TJ off again. <laughs> the day um, gone. Derek, did you think there was a different approach in the referees over the weekend? Have we seen a bit more of that advantage rule kind of being let go, it certainly looked at from when I was looking look on television. Yeah, I think I think it's actually home with the last couple of weeks. You know, I think the Warford Limerick match was refereed relatively well down in Welsh Park. I think there's been a not a reaction to podcasts or commentary, I suppose, but I think there's been a kind of a general the general direction is going in the way that we want. Now I'm going to contradict myself when you look at you know you look at, at Tony Kelly twenty points, Donald Burke fourteen points. You know, but I think generally. The whole advantage rule has been refereed a bit better. That this, you know, I know Fergal Horgan. I thought yesterday, you now refereed the water Galway match well in terms of just the general application of the rule, the sharpness and be able to see a situation develop, bring it back where necessary. You know, the big one I have, and I, and again, we're probably repeating the point we made a few weeks ago, is a wing back comes out, just take a poor man in half tackle, he's on the way out, he throws it to him, throws it to a midfielder, 
and and when they're blown back in that situation, I can't understand it. So when the play is obviously developing in front, of you, that's the frustrating one for me. Yeah, but but you're right, Derek. Like the referees are suddenly leaving the advantage rule developed the way it was meant to be in the last number of years, and even the goal opportunity on Saturday night with Conor Boyle when he went through, he was definitely fouled. But the ref left him keep going, and he got the he kicked the ball, and Patrick Collins saved it. But you know, definitely they're giving the opportunity to the player to leave the game develop. Now, whether they're going to be brought up in Crow Park about that, or is it just the referees in general have said to themselves, lads, look, we are refereeing the game a long, long time. We know what's right and wrong for the game. It's that's that's a big question, I suppose, that has to be answered yet. But you know, it's I, I hope. The referees are, I won't say taking the law into their own hands, but they are doing the right thing for the players and for the game itself. I thought there's a bit of flow in some of the games. Now, uh, the other thing too, I suppose, is being league matches and maybe heading towards championship, we say later in the month, was there a lack of physicality and a lack of real championship in that middle third over the games that we saw as well, which made life a little bit easier for the referees? I, I suppose TJ, it, it depends on which game. Like certainly the Cork and Limerick game had no physicality whatsoever, so that was a very easy game to to ref. But the Waterford Galway game, I thought yesterday for the first fifteen minutes was an extremely physical game. There was no quarter after given, and um, I didn't see a, a whole pile of the other games that were actually played. But I, just on on the Limerick, sorry, just on the Waterford and Galway game, that was an extremely physical game for me, um, particularly in the first half. I thought the tackles were ferocious in in that game, and like I would say that Fergal Hogan is probably the number one referee around at the moment. I thought he had a fantastic game. I'd agree with Derek wholeheartedly. He's a fan, and he and he has like he has a grasp on the game, and he has a grasp on the players as well. And he takes no messing from the players. And you know he he, he is a strict referee, but he actually is a referee that I think the players do respect, and the and the players are fond of him. Um, and I think he's setting the standards for all the other referees as well. Have we enough from? Have we enough? And he listens to us, man. Fergal Hoggins. Have we enough Fergal Hoggins, TJ? Do you know? Well, the good the good thing about Fergal Hoggins is he was on here and clearly listening to us now, right? Because it looks like the referees have changed. They're allowing the, the advantage rule to go a little bit more. They're getting ready for championship. Um, have we enough of Fergal? Like, I think he's very sensible in his overall approach. I think he definitely tries to go with the flow of the game. Look, I won't. I, I told you, Dale, I'm the relationship intact with all these referees. I'm not going to knock them. I'm going to like let them, let them get on with it. So, me, the answer to that question is yes, we do. We have some very good referees in the country, Dale. Could you give me a few mobile numbers for the refs in Galway, TJ? <laughs> They're all deleted. I can, I can, I can, <laughs> I can. No, uh, it was. Uh, is there something to be said? I wanted to ask this today. Is there something to be said, lads, for? A team in another province, like there was a general ramp up in the league, Derek. I would have said, but yet the Cork Limerick game wouldn't have matched that. I would have felt with the teams who could have a free shot at each other. Yeah, Waterford, Waterford going up to Galway yesterday. Yeah, they may yeah. meet. They may meet in Ireland semi final. They may meet in a qualifier. They may meet. Yeah, but they know they're not meeting early, and there's no drama. Yeah. So you're going up saying this is one of the best teams in the country. Galway are saying the very same thing. And it's 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 brilliant stuff like and even the structures of the league, if we could look at more, like that group is totally unbalanced with Westmead, yeah, yeah. with your respect to all the monster teams in Galway. Do you know what it is, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I think that's it. I think we're at the end of a two-year trial of those groups. I think we are, Anthony. Larry might know that. I think we can take that as the guys just do geographical split, not the geographical split, but the split based on where they'd finished two years ago in 1A and 1B, if you like, was, it, was, it was dictated by that, who was the winner, who was the loser, who was the semi-finalist, which you'd often see in the club situation. So, yeah, your point is well made. I think I made that point already. You bought for playing Galway yesterday. The likelihood of meeting the championship is fairly strong, but Look, what are Waterford doing at the moment? Waterford are delighted. Like, they don't have to play. That's why they didn't have to play Clare in the League of the Champions. So it's only the eyes on that as have Clare. Make no mistake about it. The interesting one even next week will be, and and Anthony will think I'm looking too far ahead now, but Waterford will play tip next Sunday in Welsh Park. You know, do they have half an eye on, on, on playing tip again in the semi-final of a Munster Champions? You know, obviously Brian Lowen will have a massive... Lovely, lovely, yeah, lovely. lovely. <laughs> no, they'll have a massive say in that. Like, so I... It depends on where you're, what you're coming off the back of, if you like, in terms of, you know, your your trajectory. You already said Antrim. Antrim is the story of the league, you know, are the story of the league. And they need, it's it's like, I suppose, in 14, we were relegated in the league, right? And we made a lot of changes at the start of 15. And we were down to 1B. And we had to attack the league in every game because we had to build a bit of support from the support. We had to build a bit of belief within our squad, with a young squad, etc. So we attacked league and subsequently won the league 16 we did the same 17 you, you go at it you get to a quarter final but you don't openly say in the dressing that we're not going out to win this game you, you know I think that, that kind of that kind of mantra that's out there that you're in the dressing kind of, you know almost taking it easy you might, you might have a lesser squad available but it's a uh, point is well made I think a bit more thought process in, involved in you know even looking at doing the Munster Championship draw early in the year saying right who's playing who how can we make the games more interesting yeah, but by by drawing people against each other that are not not likely to meet in the championship, you know, I think I think that's that's very you know that should be evident in, in what they do going forward. And Darren, just to, to stay with Watford, like I, I I said, I didn't see all the game, but I was following Radio One after seeing the first half. Like I, someone texted someone me in the middle of it all, saying Watford are as Clareman obviously looking at Watford meeting them in championship. Mm. I said, what, for really good? And I was saying, the manager is very clever as well. I think mm. the way he's built mm. things. And, but like, mm. where is he going home then yesterday evening? Like, still ship the fair score now. Yeah, look, again, you're only trying to put yourself in his position. You're, you're kind of, yeah, look, without sounding too cliches, you're taking the positives and you're looking at it. Like, like that's probably Waterford's championship full back line we'll say yesterday, right? Connor Gleeson back in his best position, I would feel, right? Connor Pronti, Jay Mack. Right, then you have like you have Caleb Lines on one wing, right? Definitely, he'll be definitely one wing. But the decision then is is you go to the early daily at centre back and Kevin Moore at left half back, or do you stick with Austin at six? You have Jamie Barron plus one other in the middle of the field, definitely. And their forwards will consist of Desi Hudson, Stephen Bennett, Shane Bennett, Stephen Bennett, Shane Bennett, uh, Desi Hudson. Um, do you have Austin up there? It depends on whether he's at six or not, you know. And Jack Prender has really good players, so Jack Fagan, that's I your question. Oh, Fagan, I presume. Jack Fagan. Fagan, Jack yeah. Fagan as well, obviously. Sorry, Jack Fagan. So, like, yeah. that, that's our championship team. That, that's a good team. That's a, a very, very good team. A very good, pacey team. So, where are you going home to answer your question? I think you're still saying to yourself, right, Air had a big win the weekend, right? So, mm. the, 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 the speculation around around Clare being in turmoil is now being replaced by Clare. Hey, Clare, not so bad here. Colin Galvin back, Ian Galvin back, Davy McInerney back, um, Aidan McCarthy going Kelly. well, you know, you know, Tony Kelly humming, you know, Stanner on the edge of the square. So 
I said it last night, like forewarned is you know, it's forearmed, you know, you know, as regards. So I think it's similar with Anton. We're talking today saying, Oh, Jesus Dublin will be on their guard. Anton now have a bit of a target on their back for that Dublin match. And yeah. people will talk you know, and it's the same now with clearer. They're not as under the radar as they were based on what they did the weekend and what they might do next. They're building nicely. And I think I think Cal is in a good place and I think he's he's sharp like and Beavens. They're sharp he's, fellas. I think they'll be sharp, right yeah. for the they'll be right for the, yeah. for the end of June. Would you think Derek he'd look at the possibility of playing Austin at seven in a in a, in a Kyle Hayes type role? I think yeah. that like we spoke about the whole centre back and centre centre forward. Centre back is a tricky place to play at the moment because we have some guys who are playing there in that quarterback type role how scribe they don't tackle mm. they don't really do much on the distributors of the ball some guys are marking some guys are sitting there like he, 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 he it nearly looks like as if he feels restrained in that center back role mm. would yeah, yeah. better at a, at a seven would he offer more so I suppose that's yeah. just the question he answered him and, the, and then because you daily fill that six like if you had Callum yeah. Lines Ira Daly and Aston at five six yeah. and seven you would think he'd be yeah. in that form yeah, and look, I, I go back. Austin won the league in 2015. He was right half back, you know, and he, he actually in yeah. the league in the league finally in the league finally got three points from play from right half back in 15 against Carl. Mm-hmm. You know, he went up, he went up the sideline. Marcus actually, I think, it's selected with Jimmy Barry that day. I think he was. Anyway. Yeah, and and he's uh, brilliant, yeah. yeah, you know, he was he, he's attacking from there. It's a very good point. The key thing is is just you know escaping the debate around Austin and his position, and for him, you know, for for him from a from a kind of a steadiness point of view for himself, you know what I mean? Like, I, I always felt his best position yes. was in in the in the middle of the field, kind of, you know, as just standing at where, where the referee used to throw in the ball. That's what I used to say, kind of just, you know, we often put him there as a kind of an action feeler that just stand there and where, use it where the referee throws in the ball and just go forward from there as much as you can. And you give him a license to go everywhere. But five is a good point, and I think that'll be... You have the threat of Cale Lines and Austin from either side. You have Earl Daly sitting at six, and you might have an extra midfielder there. You know, a midfielder just keeping an eye on defensively. What, what can be done there? One of, one of the two guys allowing Jamie Barron, allowing Cale Lines, allowing Austin Gleeson to go from that five, seven, eight channel if you want to put a kind of rugby term on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, like Kieran like, like Bennett, I think, would be in your starting 15, and I think yeah. Kevin Morton. Just two Kevin's an extremely experienced player. Like he won't make too many mistakes and his positioning is excellent. So I can see Kevin playing and it might be starting to wing forward and coming back in a, in a, but it all mm. depends where they play Austin Gleason. Um mm. but I mean I, those two players for me would be making up your fifteen players. But like the, the issue I, I think come the championship match between Waterford and Claire will be who's going to back Tony Kelly. And Aston Gleeson, if he's centre-back, and Kelly, if he's centre-forward, Gleeson won't go with him, Derek. Like, no, no, Caleb Lyons K- 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 will pick Kelly. Uh, I, think we, I think we can, right, we can nearly okay. talk about that matchup in advance. I think, anyway, like based on... Now, Tony went off injured. Obviously, last year, got injured in the warm-up down in Parkley Cleave. He, he nipped the point early off, off Caleb Lyons. But Caleb, the problem is, if, if Caleb... If Tony yeah, goes to corner forward, like he did against Claire... But is that not Corbin an awful lot of uh, Caleb Lines is nearly like a ta- an attacker, no matter where he's playing, Derek. He's unreal, like yeah. you know, lads that don't really even follow yeah, yeah, yeah. text texting me and we already tuned into the match. I'm on a couple of WhatsApp groups and said, Jesus, young lines is some player, like he offers so much. Would you yeah. put him on would you put him on Tony Kelly then? Like it's and restricting his well, look, look, uh, I know Tony it, Kelly it, it, has it, to be marked. 
the debate, I suppose. Look, the thing you might be saying is Kelly goes so deep, so deep at times. You'd be hoping to, if Walter wins the ball, it lines is alive then to, when, when, when he's as deep and he's in, he's in play going forward. But look, I think he did a really good job on him last year. I'd, I'd hate to be sitting here on a Monday morning after a player played Waterford and we haven't man Mark Kelly. We haven't decided to, you know, we have, we've decided to give him the rain, give him the free rein at Horace. And we say, look, we were passing him from fellow to fellow, which we did before in a league final of 16. We said, look, whoever is here, he comes into lads, we, we'll take him. And, we got lost in in the transition of that, if you like, you know. And for the for the championship match, then we put Philomani on him, stuck him to him for the whole seventy minutes, you know. Would Kieran Bennett do that job, um, Derek? He would, and he do it well, and he's done it in the past with Lit and with Waterford. Yeah, he would. Another good, another good option to do it, definitely. Yeah, don't that you mention him? That that sounds like a good well, matchup for me, Mark. Like I, I would have thought. Well, I I think Kieran, like you're right. If Caelan Lyons ends up being a marker and you take away from Caelan, a bit of Caelan, like he was outstanding in half-back last year. Didn't have a great final now, that's fair enough. Look, we all know that. And mm. he seemed to get lost in the match in the All-Ireland final. But leading into the All-Ireland final, he was he was outstanding all year long. And he, the, the runs that he was making up the feet and getting scores at the end of them as well was fantastic. So you yeah, have and, to take a bit from his game. Just that, he's, he's, I, I'm actually living in that parish, you know, the parish of Kilmeade, Paddy LaFleur. He's an absolute gentleman as well. That's talking about a guy that absolutely loves the game. Like he would be down in a club field. It's obviously not my club, but it's my parish, I suppose, that I'm living in. But it's a he's just a, an absolute role model to all the people in the area there. And look, a guy I would have had in in 15, and I'd openly admit that he slipped up on him. Didn't saw the potential, but kind of thought he was wasn't ready then. He was only 18, 19, and you know, you look back on these things, you kind of said, Jesus, you could have brought him in a little bit earlier. You know, it's the whole setup and. Uh, He's really look. He's a, he's a credit to his family. You know, Sean. Sean. Sean is involved as trainer of the intermediate Ballyduff team there. I know he does a huge amount of work with the juveniles down down in Ballyduff. So proper young lad, you know. Yeah. So I take it by that, Derek. Although you are De La Salle uh, from your arse bone, the children will play with Ballyduff. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why would you mean no, Derek? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm Derek, Derek. Derek, but my, da- my daughter's <laughs> kick football with Shannon Gales back here in West Clare. Oh. What's the story, Derek? Take off now. No, the boys are playing. They're going to, I look here, we'll, we'll blame the school. They're going to school in their house, so they have to play the goal. It's a handy lift in in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Handy lift in, yeah, exactly. On that, we're talking, sorry, Tej, just to move it a little bit, but we're keeping on the same team. Like there would have been doom and gloom around Clare. Like honestly, no, I'm not trying to deny that. Like there's all off-field stuff taken away, Macrofer stuff earlier. But I think there was a huge kind of sent. Now the pub was only opening today. You'd love was open Saturday night, you know, because let's go yeah, in yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. the Clare game. Have you ever sport Taylor? That'd be the first thing. No, KGA go there quick. But uh, you know, I I'd love it now to. And it will get a bit of it today because you can't go down to my place, but you get a belt of a football or a hurling ball. Um, but do I'd say the mood would be fair bit lifted by going to Parnell TJ and conceding two goals, not getting a goal, and still winning maybe a touch, as we'd say in the race in terms, a touch cosy at the line like. I would agree. Like going to Parnell Park and winning is definitely a huge boost of confidence. I felt it clearly really well against Wexford Dale. I said that you already, and I thought the results just kind of went away from the finish. I think, even though I think both Clare and Waterford are in 
a similar territory. I think they're both scoring well. Like if you look at um Waterford's four games, they've scored thirty points, twenty five, five, and thirty two yesterday, right? If you take three twenty three. Clare scored twenty two, twenty four, thirty three, and thirty four right? So their attack is moving reasonably well. I know now you probably say a lot of them from freeze, right? But they're scoring reasonably well. I think whichever one of those two teams gets their defence um, personnel right. I think actually the board issues are similar, right? In that the number six, for me, the jury's out in number six in both of them. Like mm. Austin's a super player, no, no, no doubt about that, right? But can you get the best out of him in the new number six the way Hurling has played, right? John Conlon is something similar, right? So, like, could both of them be used somewhere better? But massive positives for both camps in that they're playing reasonably well, they're getting a couple of results, they're scoring well. They have to fix. The defence, I think whichever one of them two teams fix their defence better, will have a great chance of making progress in the Munster Championship. Yeah, and I think, like, just looking at the clear point of view, the huge things for me, like, were David McInerney's a bit of a uh, head issue for me because he hasn't played much, but he did come on as a sub, so that would indicate that he's nearly ready to maybe be chucked in next week against Kilkenny. But both Galvin's, like... Ian and for me, Cullum like would be nearly the heartbeat of that team in lots of ways. Uh, obviously, Tony is the man, but Cullum Galvin and now we all know underage as well. Galvin Kelly and back to thirteen, like they were the midfield of of uh, I suppose of an Ireland winning team. So um, I just think that Cullum Galvin played. I think seventy two minutes is huge. Must be for Brian Lohan driving down from Dublin, Dublin Saturday evening. Mark. Like that man, like it's like. No, we'll talk about Cork and Limerick in a minute, but you know, a key man that you've out for so long and he's back and hopefully he's yeah. fine after us. You know, the way we we're always watching on and we can't hear stuff at the moment about how yeah. we came through it, but in, that must be a massive thing, a key man to get a match like that in Parnell Park under his belt. Yeah, it, it, it would look like um, Clare just timing their run very, very good. Um, TJ remarked that they, they should have beaten Wexford. I mean, they had they had a game wrapped up and Wexford got two goals against the runner play and just caught him on the line. But I'd say, like, a couple of key players. Like Galvin, he's a super player. He's great skill, and he, but he's great energy as well. And then put him in with Kelly as well. Like, I mean, Kelly was just unbelievable last year. He was... Lance, he was he's probably in your top three hurlers in the country at this moment in time. Um they bring a lot of energy to that Clare team. And then you have Shane O'Donnell as well, who I'd say he hasn't been brilliant yet this year in the league, but he could cut loose in the mm. championship. I, I just I just feel that Lohan has had an awful lot of issues off the field last year and particularly this year as well. And that might have stalled him a little bit, but Lohan will still get the best out of those players. And you go to Port Leash last year against Wex, so there was a lot of pressure on that particular clear team, and they produced a, ma- a massive performance uh, with a lot of pressure behind the scenes. I think, Anthony, I don't know, would you call them maturing, but certainly there's a lot of steady lads in that team at the moment, and even the last of Pat O'Connor to Cruciate as well mm. is a big blow because he, he's been a great player for ye. Um, but the energy that's required, and like you know, Waterford are going to bring an awful lot of energy. They're very, very fit, like, and they will, yeah. like, the first 20 minutes of the game yesterday against Galway, they were out, they were outstanding as well. And it's, it's a question of, can they do that for 70 minutes? Which I think they will, because they get to the all Ireland final last year. Once it hasn't left a scar on them, I think Waterford will be really, really a really positive team as well. So that game in come the championship is totally up in the air. But coming back to where Clare are at the moment, 
I think I think a lot of the hassle and the rubbish that was going on for maybe three or four weeks, that maybe has just gone away into the background with the result over the weekend and possibly coming, you know, timing the run now pretty good, I would say. Uh, they, they, that game is a that's very much a flick of a kind now between either of those two teams. Yeah, I, I think Watford be entitled to be favourites, you know. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. 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 I I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But I think Water went sure over the last two years. Water the tight yeah, to be yeah. favourites, like you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's not as clear cut as maybe a lad who'd be just checking in and looked yeah, at yeah. Waterford beating Clare well down in Cork last year, yeah. getting to the Munster final, getting to the Ireland final. He should be beating Clare, but it's not. We yeah, know yeah. it's not as simple as that. Like it's not as no, no. There are there are stories from Clare. I think that, uh, Anthony has been called Lone's progression over brilliant. the last two years. Absolutely, three years. you know, just you know, a great great kind of. Indication for anyone that really works hard, gets himself in peak condition, and sticks at it, like you know, perseveres. Like he's, you know, one of those players probably that from the outside two years ago, he's just he's one of those players that probably more appreciated by his teammates without knowing the chap for for the work he's done off the ball and on the ball, and just great to see him coming to the ball. And the second thing I say is that it can be powerful when when the rumor mill and innuendo is in full swing outside your group and inside your group. If you can. If you can kind of point that in the right direction, you know, with the likes of the leaders in that group, Davey McInerney, Kelly, Alvin back in the fall, Davey Reedy coming back to a little bit of form as well, that could be a powerful kind of driving force within your group, regardless of what's happening on the inside or on the outside, if you like. And there seems to be a touch of that with Claire at the moment that would kind of, that would worry me from a water point of view, but it would certainly kind of alert me to kind of where Claire could go, that kind of, yeah. not, not, not manage kind of, you know, kind of siege mentality that G had between 95 and 99 or 2000 but you know that this they're I say they're a proud group of young fellas like you know that, that, that have, yeah. you know they, they've won a national league they've won an All-Ireland for Clare and some very good players there you know yeah and like it's probably Liam Cal is probably happy enough too though that he's yeah. the one players are hearing this stuff we spoke about other stuff mm-hmm. earlier with, with Wexford yeah, yeah. lads meeting people like there's no doubt about it the Wex the Wexford or the Waterford Hurling public are not going around saying Asher will be clear. They're not. They're saying no, they're hey, that's the yeah. first game you to you know I saw them. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, what what was your take on Kilkenny? The brother in law was on Radio One, Derek. I saw a good bit of it, <laughs> but I was also conscious of the tip game, so I had Radio One on my phone and I was watching uh, the Kilkenny Leash game. The TJ's and John John Malam was doing the commentary, and John would have said. Without TJ, like the, the attack is. <laughs> look at it. They've won every game. What are we talking about here? Like, you know, around about other counties that lost up in Corrigan Park. Wexford drew up in Corrigan Park. Kilkenny keep on same old, same old TJ. Like, you, you'd have to say uh, it was what might have been over impressive, but um, it just four played four one <laughs> and we're giving out. Yeah, typical, typical Cody that just machine just rolls on. They can they're only hundred percent records in the league of all the teams. Like so, um, I you can't say be over impressed. I I do think that when it comes down to championship, there will still be an over reliance on TJ Reid. They will need him to deliver. Um, Adrian Mullen is definitely a plus for like you could 
know he hasn't kind of maybe hit the scoring charts just yet. But to me, he's a very classy player. His work, his striking is very good. Like he's going to be a championship contender for them. He's a big addition to that team. Um, look, Kenny, you can never write him off. They'll still be dangerous. Cody will be happy. He's used a lot of players as well, open 30 players. Um, he'll have plenty to pick from. I think he was kind of saying there as well that his injury kind of ward was definitely improving. That he had more players on the pitch this week, and we'll see more of them. He's in an ideal position for next week now because it's um, there's nothing really to for Dave that side of the draw one. And I'm sure against Clare that you'll see pretty much uh, game time being given to somebody who could play in the championship down the road. Yeah, we often, I suppose, in, in our involvement as managers or, or coaches or whatever with our counties, we would have looked for that key game, normally a challenge match, but we'd have picked it out maybe, and, and, and you wouldn't get a chance to play Kilkenny too often, but in Lucknan's time, in fairness, Kilkenny was usually the target game before you'd face into a Munster quarter or, or semi. She couldn't really get a more ideal game for him, uh, Mark, when he gone down in tennis no. next Sunday. Pop, TJ will reappear... I presume, you yeah. know, uh, the Killian Buckley, whoever, whatever really is the makeup of his championship team, will nearly see action on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, it's um, from a clear point of view, it, it, it's a fortnight out from championship as well, is it? Yeah. Against Waterford? Yeah. Do you know, yeah. Um, like, uh, that's a great game now. That is a super game, like, you know. Um, but I, I just, the one thing I see about Kilkenny is that the forwards. The last couple of years, they weren't as physical, but like Owen Cody has turned into a, a man, I would say. Adrian Mullen, very strong, you know. Um, and Billy Ryan, and Billy Ryan, like, be, and, and Billy Ryan has, you know, Billy Ryan has a cut of Eddie Brennan about him now, like, yeah. you know, he's tall and lean and has a pair, of, a pair of legs under him and he wants to take you on every time. And like, the funny thing is that Owen Cody and Adrian Mullen have been the two young hurlers of the year and the two forwards for the last couple of years. So all of a sudden we're talking about the demise of Kilkenny, but they have two really good forwards coming. And uh, you know, I don't know somebody was writing about TJ was coming to the end and next the value of Owen Cody taking the mantle. So um, I think they're I think they're an aggressive streak to them, a physical streak to them. And I suppose in the modern game, when you're looking, I think the two most physical teams at the moment is Limerick and Galway. But Kilkenny to me are the third most physical team that are out there. They have a very hard-working team. Um, they have no airs of grace about them. They never had, but they won't. They're not going to give up anything easy. Um, I don't know whether whether they'll take a pull next Sunday, TJ. To be honest with it, I, I Cody doesn't do sentiment well, like he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. He wants to win all those games, like you know. And that that is something I suppose from yeah. a point of view. <laughs> like we've no consistency when it comes to that yeah. kind of stuff. So. <laughs> The only health warning I give you, Dale, about Kilkenny is if you were uh, a horse, right, you'd like to see what he's beaten in the last three or four runs. Where is that form that's going to take you to the grade one, right? They've beaten Dublin, Antrim, Wexford and Leash. So at the outset, you probably expected that, Mark. So to Mm. me, there isn't a piece of form sticking out there that is telling me that these are serious contenders. I still think that they have, I still think that they have improved. But I know from mm. your Limerick point of view, going down into Cusick Park and winning wouldn't really be a major bit of form in the horse race and parlance now that you're kings of the castle. Like, But I still think, you know, that he's, he's going to, 
say this is this is one I'd like. I fancy this one down in a I want to see them now. And you're right, what is, you name out teams there. But to go into Parnell, I would say, do you know what? To go into Parnell, Wexford have had the upper hand in them in the last few years. So if he comes out five out of five, geez, it's fair form. I think, TJ, you're a bit like Dan Skelton now, right? Giving out about the Dublin Racing Festival that the William Mullins is getting a free shot to get his grade one horses winning before they go to Cheltenham, like. I mean, I, I like you're right in saying probably the four matches that he's won, he probably expect to win the four of them. But you still have to go and do your business, and the margins of victories were still impressive enough. Like, Matthew. but th- this is probably the best game Matthew, for him because they are actually come with a nice bit of form. Right, but I'm going to ask go you on. a very straight question. Very straight. Will either Dublin, Antrim, or Leash win the All Ireland in 2021? No. No upset. Keep going, Dylan. Jeez, they're a new league. I tell you, I was wondering when we'd get the smell of Limerick, uh, Man United sort of stuff off them. You know what I mean? Like, but it has a cord, lads. Oh, he, the, come here. The, the shoulders are starting to spread, Dylan. Oh, and you're cock, like, you know, you're cock. Listen to that, like. <laughs> we yeah, the championship is all about the championship. So it's a bit like the fantasy Holland team. It's all <laughs> I know that's a separate competition, kid. That's vitally important. Yeah, I would have just thought he should, you know, going in tennis, he loved that. Like, and they used to always mention that as well. They didn't like coming to Cusick Park, sort of. And he, he used to, of course, he'd wire them up. And even knowing, getting to know over our punditry times, we didn't really know him. Getting to know Jackie and Henry and those, they'd often say, Jesus, he targeted that one big time. And to talk about some year go down in. We don't know that crowd of cocky down there over in the west of Ireland. We'd go over and so I, I just think he will go a full blast five out of five. Mm-hmm. There should be the league winners, then, shouldn't they? I know we're not going to have a final, but in terms of who played the best in the league, you'd have to say the Cats did if they come and win on Sunday. Yeah, they played they play the best, but they play the best opposition, is what DJ is saying, and, and he's right. Yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a fair point, but I think, look, he'll be, he'll know that Hugh Order is going to be three. He'll know that Paulie Welch is going to be six. He'll know that TJ, John Donnelly, Adrian Mullen, um, Billy Ryan, um, maybe we haven't seen Richie Hogan yet in terms of that. You know, we haven't seen Gray Mulcahy as part of the Limerick panel yet. You know, is that has that been managed, you know, to, to, to keep them fresh right up to the last minute ahead of the championship? Will he see them slip in next weekend or, or whatever? TJ might know more about Gray Mulcahy on that. But, you know, I think... I think Kilkenny's sextet of forwards will, will be good. They'll be they'll they'll be they'll take yeah. point, and that, that's one thing. You know, yeah, we haven't, we thing haven't is seen, like, we haven't seen Walter. We haven't seen Walter either. There, Walter. That's what I mean. Like you know, yeah. so and and the other thing on the Carl Malone point in Clare, like, I, I love Paddy Deegan as well. <laughs> I love watching Paddy Deegan. You know, as regards just his honesty yeah, yeah. of effort and his just his real and authentic kind of version of what Cody looks like. Just gives it everything he has. Makes mistakes if you like, but by Jesus, they're honest mistakes if you like, and just gives it everything on the field. Love watching. Yeah, he's a throwback, Paddy Deegan. For me, he's a throwback to our time. Nearly, you can see him playing our time. He, he's mm-hmm. stuck in things, but I'd like him. And and your point mm-hmm. about Colin Malone, just to double down, I just say like, I might have been a critic of Colin Malone, and I wondered would he get to that level. But just you know what, Derek, you your point there about Carl, all energy, all work rate, giving everything. But his hurling has really come up as well. And that's true yeah. work. I, yeah. I'm jo- I just saw the delighted for that chap, I have to say, because it's an example. 
you touching it. For every young lad coming up, you may not be the Tony Kelly, the silken skills, all this, but you can get there if you really want it. That's 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 a massive point. And and Deegan, same boat probably, you know, gives it all, mm. lays mm. it on the line, booked booked most days he goes out. Yeah. <laughs> like you kinda of love that as well, like you know, look, they're in a good position. Could you believe lads the Tipperary team that was named? Like for with due respect, Westmead uh, had been struggling. I, I just couldn't believe the strength of the team they named. It just goes to show, lads, that this league is not like a February March league. It's my championship team. And I want them ready. The strength of the tip team named. Incredible. Like, you say there was certain lads who were due a break. I know everyone got a week's break because of the format. But like, it's the strength of the team he named. Like, it just, just goes to show. And he doesn't have a quarterfinal game. Like. No, but I, I think, Anthony, um, tip wasn't good last year. Um, the two McGraths looked tired. Padraig Mayer looked out of shape a little bit. I think the team is in re- physically is in really, really good shape this year. And I think he's building on momentum that has been gathered. And he just didn't want to give. Look, when he put out a second squad, I think the Tipperary Hollows would have been good enough to beat Westmead. Um, but I think he wants momentum. I think he wants confidence high. He wants the supporters behind the team. He doesn't want to give the supporters an opportunity to knock them. I, I see this as possibly Liam Sheedy's last year, to be honest with us. I think he's, you know, going to try and go out in a high. Um, I, I think, you know, the semi-final game is massive for who, like, and the team that they'll be playing will have a game under their belt. He wants that team one hundred percent ready. He doesn't want to have them ninety percent ready and, you know, expect to come on for a game because the team that that whoever they're playing in the semi-final will improve a slight bit. I would expect from the quarter-final game. And, you know, the likes of Shamie Callan need a game time. It's his first game back, but, like, like Noel McGrath looks a way leaner and fitter than he did last year, and he's a lot more energy. Same with John McGrath. But I, I, think, um, I think they want to really build in the momentum that yeah. they've already got this year. Yeah, you, you'd actually want to be blind not to see, and even if you're blind, you'd hear it, that they are coming And we wondered, would, it be a, a, would he chuck in a pile of the younger brigade? But he's, he's saying... I'm charged with winning the All-Ireland for Tip Derrick. And he's gone. He's gone with what he thinks are absolutely his best. Affect the future in one way. Yeah, no, you answered the question there. Like, and, and you, you go with the, the best players you have. You, like, right, you have a duty to develop players for the future, if you like. But, you know, it's like the argument when, when, when Tip won the under-20 or under-21 All-Ireland two years ago. You know, who go who? Who's involved? It's like Jake Morris. I know young Brian Amara was unfortunate there to pick up a, 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 yeah. an arm break, but the best players are on the pitch, and it comes back to the six set of, of forwards that are available to me. You know, and the mix, you know, missing Bonner, he'd probably go with Dan McCormack, and any any five then of John McGrath, Noel McGrath, Bubbles, Jason Ford, Jamie Callan, Jake Morris. Not Jamie, <laughs> not Jamie, not enough old crowd, right? Yeah, and then look, a big bonus yesterday was Brendan Maher was very good at six yesterday. Mm. He was actually, you know, he was good yesterday at centre back, and again, he's been kind of put on the shelf. During the league, got kind of sporadic time so far. So I think you'll have Brendan Maher and Rona Maher and half back then maybe with Jamie Kennedy. And then you'll have Carl Barrett, Porig, and and um who am I missing then from left corner back? Let's can't think Heffern- of it. Heffern- Barry Barry Heffernan. Yeah, Barry Heffernan. That's probably their team. Yeah. The, the other thing they may go, they may go with Noel in the middle of the field and maybe bring in another forward then, you know what I mean? From from that. But that's mm. you know what I get. 
Look, the tip are good. Look, tip are going to hurt you. They're going to, they, they can hurt you. You know, if you hold Ford and Callan on a given day, you know, the two McGraths can hurt you. Like, so they, they have the hurler and they have the hurlers. So Liam knows what he's doing as well. And look, you're right. You made the point that there's no quarterfinal match. So maybe they'll attack this last game in Welsh Park and not really worry about the consequences of having to meet Waterford um, in a semi-final, if you like. And that's probably the expected route. The other advantage that county managers have now is they've a free run into it. There's no going back to the club now for a couple of weeks before the championship. It's you know it's they can they can you can be sure the under twenties in tip are involved in in house matches or the you know um yeah. for the next couple of weeks as well and to get them up to the levels. But I look tip are dangerous and they're, they're not dark horses. Let's be honest, as they're they're up there with, with with Limerick and Galway, I suppose, and 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 ourselves perhaps as as kind of you know the Kilkenny and and and, and Cork, if you like his favourites for the other. I'm not sure naming about ten teams, so if I keep naming, yeah, well, you told, you just throwing teams. You left out there, did you? I think you think you left out there, Derek. Left out there, Westford. Sorry, I keep going, keep going. All fair, all fair, listeners. Talk that one down there, lads. Once we got you out, you're on your three months holiday from the school, you see. Brilliant. I know, no, no, brilliant. Well, come here, lads. Um. Yeah, there, I think Tip are going well. And I wondered what he'd do. I really think they're going well. Look, I love the league this weekend, I have to say. Even even the radio, lads. Radio 1 is great at times because they're flipping over. The next thing you get Milan, like, you, you know, you write games. And you write games again this week. Like, that that um, fascinating game, Watch Fair, Tip, Waterford, Clear, Kilkenny. Wexford, Dublin, for me, you know, is a huge game. And, and for the Leinster Championship point of view, they probably won't meet with the draw. They might meet in the Leinster final. They could. But from from their point of view, like Wexford, I think, need to win. Dublin need to bounce back. It's the fascination of these games, kind of two weeks out, is the huge thing. But, like, mm. what a load of shite Saturday night, let's face it. Like, we all knuckle down, not on duty, cup of coffee, and taking an hour out from the pub now. I have to watch the match, get an excuse to come up from painting and everything else below. What a load of shite in the Gaelic grounds. Like, I mean, that was the point. What's the point of playing these games if, if teams are going to go at it like this, TJ? It's a shite, like, wasn't it? I, I don't really know what to say. Like, look, I, like, Limerick didn't play five of their team. Uh, I would say I was probably their recognised first team. Like, Nicky didn't play, Kyle A didn't play, their own Hagerty, Shemmy Flanagan didn't Like, so it wasn't like as if the John was going full strength to get the win. I just don't know what Cork were at. For me, there's a couple of questions I have. Believe it or not, right, there might be one or two positives in this for Cork, right? One, in that rate of six or seven reasonably good goal chances, right, which they can take a positive out, right? Yeah. And number two, they had a puck out meltdown, right? It just did not work. Um, Like, the difference at the moment, you think, Jesus, my phone is ringing, will you go? <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I'm back. Can you hear me, Okay. So, what, I, what, what I was saying was, Difference between Waterford, uh, Galway, Tipperary, Limerick. Let's say if, if if you want to call them maybe the, the, the contenders to Cork, right? Is that they can go short, they can go to the lines, right? But if you high press them, right, they'll pump that ball ninety yards, right, just to catch on the way, right? That doesn't appear to be in Cork's armory. Anytime they try to change up the one or two to go long, it was absolute disaster. And then when the short ones didn't work early doors, it just it just completed a meltdown in the puck out. Now, if you take that Limerick scored 20 points and had 11 wides in the first half, right, 31 shots at the post, right, 
if that was repeated, it would have been 62. So that's 62 restarts that you have to try and get right. And if that's not working for you, well, then I don't think it'll take a sign of what's going to happen. Yeah. Don Logue made the point on his punditry on the line that for Patrick Collins, Mark, it was perfect. It was four weeks and he'd have to <laughs> face it. But I'm there at home, right? And I'm there, Ogie. Oh. Come here. This could be a nightmare. This fella's making his championship debut in four weeks' time. And he's wondering, where am I going to go here? Because if I go along, Dermot Burns is man of the match, even though I suppose Keen Lynch was man of the match in all our points of view. But Lorty, yeah. he gave it to Burnsy. And he, like, when he went long, sure, Burns just stuck up his hand and came away with ball after ball. Like, I mean, if you were Patrick, I didn't see Don Logue's point that this was, and I suppose that is the reality. His point was, his point was, his point was, his point was a I think, yeah, it was. But I, I suppose, look, he was trying to turn the sow's ears in, into a silk post, really, like because it was an uh, it was an awful night for Cork, um, and I suppose the guy, the goalkeeping union of Ireland is, was out again trying to protect his men, like you know, because that's that's what goalkeepers do at the end of the day, like you know. So um, I'd say, I, I and I mentioned it the last time we were on the pod about the Owen Cadigan situation against Tip. With a minute to go, he looked up 90 yards out. He should hit the ball over the bear and he turned around to give a hand pass. I think that team personally is hamstrung by the instructions that have been given from the management and particularly, I'd say, Donald O'Grady. Um, but when we all taught, Mark, sorry, not, no, not, not, sorry, Mark. Yeah. When we all taught this was genius management from Kieran Kingston to bring Donald O'Grady in to tidy up the back line. Jeez, I don't remember that conversation now, but um, I suppose the, the the momentum that they had from the first three games, whereby they had scored 14 goals, had Hull fierce well against Waterford, probably should have beaten Tip. We were lauding Tip two minutes ago, and Cork probably should have beaten them on the day. I suppose the reality is that Cork didn't have a strong team out on on Saturday night. And I I I was, I suppose, for the likes of Dara Connery now, who was starting in the middle of the field, like when I look at you, you meant Cockton starting half back for for Limerick, who Richie English behind him, Declan Hannan his right hand side, and then you had um, strong midfield and and Keen Lynch flying around the place. Like it is great to be able to be introduced into a team like that uh, with strong players around you. Then you like Billy Hennessy has played all the league matches this year. It would look like he's going to be starting in the team, but. Where does Bill Cooper come into that? Like, to me, Bill Cooper should be an automatic in that team. I don't know whether he's still injured. I know we had a lot of injuries going into the game, but I think from a Cox supporter's point of view, and even my young kids, Charlie's eight years of age, we sat down to watch the match. He got up after 15 minutes, like. I said, oh, yeah. Jesus, we've been bailed out the gate. Like, so, like, there's a duty on the Cox management to um, promote Cox curling, I suppose, and um, try and put the best foot forward. Now, if their hands were tied with injuries, I have no problem with that, right? And I don't, I am not, I don't have any inside track as to, you know, were they, were their players badly injured? I know Hannity was injured in training again. Um, Sean Cadigan might have been injured in training, but there's a few fellas that weren't playing, like you know. So, uh, I, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, I suppose. And I think going into the match now, going into the match again in the championship match. I, they have a huge four weeks ahead of now because they're in trouble now against Galway. They're coming up against the most physical team going. What are they going to do? Are they going to chance fellas that are injured? Are they going to uh, hold them and say, look, the championship is the most important thing. You go out and you get a bad beating by Galway. 
and the team's confidence is, is in their toes. So I, I just, I, I'd like to know what was available over the weekend because to be fair, they brought in a number of subs at halftime. They actually won the second half. They were 12 points down yeah. halftime. They lost by eight. And it's Jack O'Connell's goal when they hit the crossbar to win yeah. five points, which would have been totally false now, like on the scoreboard. But yeah. I, I don't know, Anthony. I, I just the consistent. I, I think we've undone an awful lot of good work that was done for the first three matches, right? There's a lot of yeah. good work has been undone by that performance. I, I would yeah, say t- on Saturday. Here's a, t- a dilemma, like what do you do? You're meeting the crowd again, Derek. What I what kind of disappointed me, and I'm only putting myself in Kieran's shoes. Do you know I'm 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 only trying to say what would I do if I was there, and that's that's mm. easy talk. But bringing on the subs at halftime, I bringing on Hoggy at halftime, I would have thought you were you going sticking or twisting. So you were either putting yeah. out a team, and if they got hammered, they got hammered. Where where are you after? I I worry a little bit about that. Yeah, and I go back to what the point you made originally, which is the trajectory of the team. In terms of where you're coming from last year, and it was clear in the first game against Waterford, Cork played with real intent. They played with anger. They played with a bit of indignation. They played with look, we need to attack this league in every game, and and I thought that would follow through. So I was like, I, we would have done that as I said before, at 15 and 16 and 17, we beat Clare down in Ennis with a last minute point, and we made a raft of changes for the quarter final. Because in many ways our race was run, we fed for the league up in Galway against Galway with an eight or nine point lead, and we. we, we but I remember making a massive mistake as a, as as a manager that day, and I made fucking many mistakes. But this is one of them in terms of the game was going away from us up in Galway in seventeen in the league, and Brick was on the line, Porig Manny was on the line, uh, Shane Bennett was on the line, and I remember with twenty minutes to go bringing them all on and. We didn't stick with the team of newness for the day, if you like. Yeah. No, we should have brought on the guys and we, we started panicking, etc. So, our point is well made. So, that's why it was a surprise. Now, as against that, I wouldn't be as doom-laden as Mark in terms of, you know, you know, maybe I don't, you know, the managerial responsibility to the people of Cork to kind of, I still think that maybe, he, you know, with Coleman or Callan at three, Coleman at six, um, uh, you know, or you're not Horn coming on, and uh, uh, that three and six axis looks like it's going to be the axis for for Cork's defence, if you like. But I, I still think there was a kind of a a kind of a feeling of look, out you go, see how you get on as a group. You know, you know, in terms of the young lads approach. I still think there's green shoots of hope there for Cork in terms of not running at the Limerick defence, and you know, not without agreeing with Don Logue. You're right, there was a meltdown on the goal, but. He surely learned from the next day. Like what, what, what will they do with Keen Lynch, for instance, if he goes to eleven? Like yeah. the irony of it is that Cork have spent a huge amount of time in the league concentrating on their defensive structure, right? Coleman is clearly sitting back there at six and they have a kind of a deep half hole. And they've scored the most goals in the league. They've scored you know, obviously they've scored seven goals against Westmead without being disparaging about Westmead. Yeah. But they've scored the most goals. So the key now is to make sure that if Lynch is at eleven. Lynch at 11 gives you a different issue than David Reedy at 11, with, with all due respect to David Reedy. Yeah. You, know, you know, even if you go back to the first 20 minutes in the All-Ireland Final, Lynch was pulling Tyg everywhere. And Tyg was kind of, Tyg was sitting and we were we were marking Lynch by going left and right with, him with our midfielders and our wing forwards. But, you know, at least now they've seen Lynch at 11. And who's to say Lynch won't go to midfield for for the game against, yeah. against you know, against Cork in, in the Championship match. But uh, I wouldn't be as doom-laden. I, 
the one thing I will say is that I think Cork need their, like most teams, they need their best players on the pitch to be competitive against Limerick. I.e., they need to kind of Nilo Leary Hayes, Callan, Sean O'Donoghue, if it's Tim O'Malley, Coleman, whoever else yeah. is left half back. They need their best team on the pitch. Dara Fitzgibbon, they need Jamie Harnady, they need Alan Cadigan, they need Owen Cadigan, they need they need their best players on the pitch and they need to get them out on the pitch fast in the next week, I'd say, and argue against Galway next week. Yeah, yeah to be fair, Dale, I suppose. Go on. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Limerick's attitude to that. Yeah, it takes time to build a game plan from the Cork's point of view, right? And they were trying to change things up and they're trying to mind the ball, right? Like, the, the beauty for Cork here, right, is in, if for the next four weeks, right, you only have one DVD to work on here, right? They, they made the mistakes, right? They they, they, they the lads last night on TV. They, they highlighted what could have been done, the alternative decisions that could have really kind of helped the team a little bit more. Um, they know that they have pace up top. The puck out has got to be fixed, right? Now, the question I'm asking myself is, can that be fixed in this short period of time? That's a tricky one. I just, outside of outside of Shemi Harnady, uh, Mark, I'm struggling to probably find a player that can win maybe a 50-50 one in the air. Like, let's say if you have, let's say, Jack Fagan or Joe Cooney or let's say from Limerick's point of view, a girl, Hegarty or whatever, right? The, the, the out ball. And is it good for the game, right? That you cannot go short with all these puck outs, right? I think that maybe coach is looking on here to say, right, if you go short, short, short all the time and the opposition do a high press, then you're asking for trouble. And I think Cork got that answer definitely very firmly on Saturday night. They have to fix that. The, I think they were definitely improved. They were still trialing a few players. A uh, few guys getting their game time. I don't think their approach to the league this year has been too majorly different. We we were asking the question, was there a little bit of uh, a questions or a crisis after the Waterford game? We didn't think so. Um, the price hadn't moved, believe it or not, right? After Saturday night, uh, no, after Sunday, the price of Ireland has extended a small bit. Not because of what Limerick did, but I'd say because of probably what because Galway did. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, because of Galway, yeah. But overall, the game on Saturday night was shite. It wasn't pretty from a cock point of view. And... I don't. I was going to ask Mark there, like, what are the six forwards going to be in four weeks' time for Cork? Um, <laughs> he's struggling. He's struggling. It, it, well, like, I suppose the first thing, anyway, right? I think they're going to go with two Indian sideline, right? And I think the decision was probably made at halftime on Saturday night that Dickie Dalton isn't going to f- fit, fit that mi- mix. I would expect, like, you know, which. I think it's a bit harsh on him because he's a very good, strong, aggressive forward. So, Hoggy will be up top. Then you're looking at Alan Cadigan or Alan Connolly, Jack O'Connor, as one of the three, one of the two, or sorry, the extra men with Hoggy. Like, to me, Jack O'Connor would be the front runner of those now at the moment. Um, like, he got two goals uh, again on Saturday night. He's, he's had two goals already in the league and he hit the crossbar. He's blistering pace. And yes. I think, you know, th- there'll be a big question mark. Alan Cadigan is a very experienced uh, player and has always been involved, I suppose, with Corkford. But the question is, you know, do we go for the younger guy, the more up-and-coming, or do we go for the more experienced one? So that's the first question they'll have to ask. Um, I- I've been looking at the thing about Shami Hannity, uh, TJ. Like, what-, what do you do with Shami? Like, he hasn't... Like, w- when we're taking so many short puck outs... Well, I was actually worried about Shamey Hannity. Uh, is he going to be have any part to play in this game plan? But 
if I was involved now, I'd be picking Shamie uh, Hamlin at him. number eleven. He, oh yeah, but he'll be he'll be number eleven in my team all day long. Um, and because simply I wouldn't be putting the ball down top of Dermot Burns or Kyle Hayes. I think that they'll be the two halfbacks when it comes to championship. But to me, um, Hamlin is, is my opinion is that Hamley's best position is number eleven. Now. Shane Kingston is the enigma. What do they do with Shane Kingston? Do you play him wing forward? Do you play him inside with Hoggy? I don't, I don't think they know themselves. I think they'd like that Shane Kingston would fulfil the role of a Tony Kelly um, that would be centre forward and we'd be darting here, darting there, or your Keane Lynch, where, whereby they're really, really energetic, and ha- but he doesn't have the hurling of those two but players. He, but no, he he's says, a, he's a very good hurler. But Mark, he's a staff. Well, he, he has to be in the yeah. has, has to be in the team. Right, yeah. But the question is yeah. where? Like, I mean, Luke Mead is going to be in the six forwards, but he's probably going to play as a third midfielder. So maybe it'll co- Robbie will be on one wing, I would expect. I would expect, yeah. He'll be on one wing, and then there'll be a dog fight for the other one, like. No, and there was a I thought the other night, like on all all sharp coats, like I it was the greatest exhibition of rope a dope. I ever saw like that we won't be doing this in four weeks time and or will we and I just thought like you know that ah why didn't we call it off lads because if Cork don't it's just one shadow boxing ah look at I'm not writing off Cork in this match you you Limerick are the All-Ireland favourites he just said that they drifted a little bit that was because of Galway Jesus they still have all the aces and I was making the point maybe today in the article that it's like poker Kylie has picked up you know uh Three, three queens, let's say, in his poker hand. Well, he knows he's strong. Yeah. He might buy another queen. He might buy two sevens for a full house. He has, he has, mm. he has the hand if he can play them. Cork, so, if beaten by Limerick, are still going to be, a, are still going to be a dangerous team. Yes. You know, mm. I think they're, I That's think they're as, as good as not, they're as good as not better than what's on the other side. The answer. No, without a doubt, they, I think. The Munster division lads has gone a good bit ahead of the other division. I don't care what I know. No, we'll have a few lads saying, "Hey, Munster snobs are back and all." Well, I think no, no, with the exception of Galway. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I really think that whoever will be beaten yeah. in Munster, even for a clear point of view, face Watford, probably say Watford ahead of us. Now, I wouldn't rule out clear win the match, but even if you lose and you come out of it good performance, well, I think you have a great chance of really getting into that last six. You know, on the basis like. Last year we lost to Limerick and we still wound up in that last six and met Watford. So just goes to show you what, what can happen with, with the system. I think there was an element though, as it was, yeah, it was a false match, like wasn't it? Oh, completely complete false. Yeah. I think going back to the horse race in Paralyze, if you're looking at form, I think this one you just draw a line through. You just would like it. was yeah. like completely like no no intensity, like re, re, really questionable as as the effort. Like Six points to one three there after about eleven minutes mark and half time is twenty twenty points to one seven. Like I was saying, Limerick had thirty one shots at the post in the first half. And like yeah. really could have been probably maybe more in front, right? Out of sight. The question yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask the boys there about um out of sight, right? There's one very clear difference, Derek, with Limerick and probably the chasing pack and that goals don't seem to be in Limerick's game plan to a major degree. And for me, I thought that like the other teams definitely are looking like Galway definitely like contend goal in his mind every single time. Wheeling. I thought Waterford thought Waterford were looking at Wheeling, yeah. Waterford were looking to break that line to get goals as well, right? Actually, just a side note there, 
Daisy Hutchison's goal was out of the top drawer. I yeah. haven't seen one right. like it in a long time. I don't yeah. need to get the credit he deserved. What 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 a goal, right? Um, yeah. but I just think that there's there's definitely a key change there. I think teams know that if Limerick are going to hit thirty points, which they probably could, we're going to get need to two or three goals, and it's undermined. Go back to the first half of the other where Stephen Bennett had a goal chance, Jack Fagan had a goal chance. You know, you know, I know, I know it's easy. I'm clinging to that now, but like you know, games can't change on those particular moments. Like, look, I remember watching the Monster final Limerick tip a few years ago. Um, the one Limerick won is 19, is it? Um, yeah, and and I still think there's there's goals in the Limerick team, and I think we, he and we maybe sitting here some Monday morning as a championship develops talking about Limerick getting three or four goals. Well, I I don't think it's as Cut and dried as it's not as it's not part of their game. I think a couple of incidents last year, Davy Reedy against Waterford, Davy Reedy against Galway, where the extra pass was on 10, 15 yard pass into the into someone in space, Jamie Flanagan, I think it was, and the goal is on. You know, the debate around the goals, if Socky doesn't make the three saves, wonder saves in the first half of the All Ireland last year, Keane Lynch has the goal, yeah. you know, Kyle Hayes has the goal, if you like. So your point is well made. There is, there is. Not an obsession or an infatuation with getting goals in the other teams. I, I think, and the brains trust Kinnerick and Kylie. I think they'll be working on 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 hitting the onion bag over over the over the over the championship now. And I think they'll see. I think they'll see a kind of a an attack towards the goal from from Limerick as well, and a mix and match approach. That that'd be that'd be my feeling on it. Could be wrong. Yeah, and I suppose look, uh, that's still the match that draws my whole mental. Looking forward, the Euros are coming up, and we love the Euros. We love watching that, like obviously, but and we'd be fascinated with that. Uh, who'll be at England? Who'll be at England is the main thing. But um, you know, I do think the Cork Limerick match is hanging in all our heads, though. Despite yeah, Saturday night, like, like, it's hanging there. Yeah, I know. It, it, look, it, Saturday night was very disappointing, but it, it it really does depend on what hand the Kim Kingston did have. Like he did have. Like he brought on Luke Mead and he brought on Patrick Hogan at halftime, so those players were available to him before the game started. Um, like the likes of the Tim O'Manny, the Shemi Hownies, the Bill Coopers, the Owen Cadigans, um, like Colm Spillane has played no match yet. They will bring a physicality that will be required. Sean O'Donnell, who's a very physical player as well, and he, he's a fellow that I would love to see marking actually uh, Aaron Galen when it comes to the championship because. I, I think Sean has that pace and abrasiveness and strength to actually do a man-marking job on Aaron Galen. The, the one fella for me that might be a dark horse after Saturday night and was the, was the young fella that was left on for the whole game was John Melrick. Now, yeah. if if there was somebody to do a man-marking job on Keen Lynch, I think that John Melrick would be made, would be laid out for it. I don't think Mark Coleman is going to suit that role or Tim O'Manny for that matter. And Robert Downey, just unfortunately, he's not progressing. And I mean, he, to me, he played full back uh, in the first three league matches last year and was outstanding. He just hasn't, he hasn't set the world alight this year for a, for a guy that I, I did think he, he did a nail down the number three or the number six position at some stage. But I, I wouldn't write him off yet, but he hasn't progressed enough for me at the moment. So uh, John Melrick is the one fella that if we're coming away from the match on Saturday night, it was a positive. He had a very, very good game, along with Jack O'Connor up front. Like, it will be, all the eggs will be in the basket in the championship match, Delo. Yeah. I, think, I think we could be in for a bit of a drubbing again next weekend, depending on how many of the injuries, where we're at, like with injuries and stuff for that next weekend against Galway. That's probably the last game you're going to be going, playing against now 
is against Galway, uh, three weeks out from Championship. But I do believe if if we get all all the players physically back, I think we've had a good we've had a good um, we've had a number of good results against Limerick in the last three or four years. We won't be afraid of them. We will respect them. But we there certainly is ability in that team at the moment. If they hit the if they hit everything right on the day, but it'll be it'll be all ducking or you know that's the bottom line like on the day like. Yeah, look, TJ, don't like the, the old corkness is still there, TJ. So don't get completely sucked in, TJ. Uh, <laughs> this this what's this crack about the drawing game? Eh? All the proceeds for um, the House and and the Smartons. Um, what what were you doing there, TJ? Because I saw the team and I thought it'd be a team that I'd love to see pulling up in a bus outside Marty Brown's like. Well, I suppose, first of all, a good Limerick man there, Damien Quinn, has done this. This is the second year he's done it. Uh, he's raising plenty of money there for the charities. It's based on a couple of articles. I think that was one on yourself there last year in, in, in the book. Um, so there's oh, yeah. good reading in it. So I think, to be fair to Damien and trying to get his book sales, I picked a 15 for him, right, which was, he asked me, to, the brief was to pick a team that I'd like to... Yeah. Try, try and go out with, try and drink, try, try, try and have a beer with, try and have the crack with, try and mix the old and the new. And I like in the explanations of why I picked the players in the book. Yeah, let's. I tell you now, we, yeah, and that's it's be, it'd be great read, lads. But like, we're looking at the team here now, like, Railer <laughs> is in cornerback in front of Sean Finn. So do respect him in Railer, he was top class. Clarkey is right halfback. Um, I'm going through a Kiran, obviously, be automatic. Dodge is centre forward. Frankie is wing forward, and yourself and Donny are either side of Shane Dowling. There might be a few raised eyebrows in Limerick uh, to that team. Oh, there, oh, there, cert- there, there certainly will. But I suppose, Delo, if I challenged you to uh, pick a clear team between the old and the new, and in the middle, right, of guys that you'd like to be around and. Um, like to drink a beer with and sit down with. Are you talking to half of them? You are like so. Oh, I'm talking to them all. I'm all. You're talking to them all. Okay, you're okay. So, Landers, Landers might be in a bit of trouble than us. So, <laughs> like, we would have to, um, we, we, it, it, it's a good challenge, but it, it's a bit of fun and fair play to Damien for, um, for uh, doing, doing the book and raising the grid. What I will say, just to divert a small bit, Delo, is right, is just very quickly to give everybody a hope, right? Potentially, right? Given what we spoke about, we could be heading for the best monster championship or maybe championship because everyone's got their house in order. I've said this already. Right? We've had the time. They've given the end to everybody. They've seen everybody. Derek said, there's nobody going back to their club. Everybody's available. You have the time, right? There's some cracking matches on the line, right? Like everything is going to be on the line for Kingston when he comes to yeah. the Turles in four weeks' time, right? Lohan is going to really, really want to get a Munster Championship win under his belt, right? Like it's it's, it's huge. Sheedy wants to get back in a Munster final, get that front pad. Davy Fitz, right? Everything is on the line as well, right? So for me, the referees are listening, which is good, right? The crowds will be back. Top of the ground. Knockout matches. Porter is back, Delo. I tell you, like the gladiators have to be named now. Like, you know, two weeks' time, three weeks' time, the gladiators, like, no more shadow boxing, no more resting. Oh, the, the Waterford team is named. Exactly. The rebels are named. Like, can you imagine your man there? He's sitting in his bookcase behind him, like, why well, wouldn't have picked your man? No, but it's a fair team. <laughs> 
It's mouth water and stuff like in there and a bit of crack. And as I said, an outdoor pub is an outdoor television, yeah. TJ. Do you know anyone that'll give me a good deal in an outdoor television? Like, outdoor television for, for Kilkenny and Clare <laughs> next Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get started. <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say is, I was actually at Mass yesterday morning in Dillard, right? And the priest, um, he opened his sermon talking about COVID, right? So um, he said that what COVID taught us is our needs are small and our wants are huge. And I was wondering, are you talking about hurling now? <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> oh, okay, so brilliant, brilliant, lad. Just, just to mention our, our, our fantasy league, our, our, our um, listeners, uh, the pod, Michael Cafferkey is still there, lads, down on a hurling league from Ackle Island. I mentioned for Brian Coote, Brian, Brian Coote from Kilmele, uh, the Mrs. Crowd. So he, he's right behind him there, seven points. It's nearly as intense now as the Super League. And we'll see. Larry, I think Larry waits for me to pick my team. He gets on to Cahill in uh, Owen Rua and said, who has Dale or Dale wing forward? And that's the way it's gone. So, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Hey, take off that wet, take off that wet full hand grip, will you, for God's sake. No, a big shout out for uh, Butler Hurley's lads, our, our, our sponsors for the, our listeners league. And uh, Mark, I still have that wooden spoon from last year. Mark, is there any chance you'd give it to someone else? Do you know, hold it. That's great stuff. And we'll see you again next Monday. We'll have a little break for a week. And by Jesus, the gladiators will be going into the ring. Derek, you better be ready. We're going to bring more. <laughs> <laughs> Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. A grain of rice. A grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks for listening. You can listen back to previous episodes on irishexaminer.com forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also available is the Mick Clifford podcast, an engaging and informative slice of current affairs with a unique interpretation of the week's big stories. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.